our life is fueled by a core pleasure, a core fulfillment, which determines what's right and what's wrong for us. Now, we don't think about it. We don't walk around thinking, this is a core pleasure. No, whatever our life seems or appears to be rooted to, it brings pleasure and fulfillment to our life. It brings a pleasure or a likability. And we keep doing it. We keep developing relationships and perceiving life and making friends and enjoying life from this particular thing. Like I said, we don't think about what the thing is. We just know that's what we like. That's what keeps us grounded and rooted to a particular habit. That's the thing that keeps us rooted and grounded to a particular thought. And it's hard to break habits with things that do not provide a greater pleasure to you. You know, I'm going to put it this way. If I see a, I'm married, but let's just say I, I see a lady that I like and I'm talking to that lady. And then I see another lady who I sense a greater pleasure to. Well, that will cause a struggle because I, I, I see who I'm committed to. But if you meet someone else that you find greater pleasure with, that's going to cause a struggle. That's going to cause a tension. Because you found something that's providing a greater pleasure to you. It's like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. With God. It's like that with excellent things. Let me, let me put it that way. It's like that with excellent things because when I say the word God everyone gets a different picture of a politically correct moral being Christianity but most of you don't see God or the ways of God or divine nature as a fulfilling feature in life like you do sports or sex or smoking weed or drugs or drinking or dancing or I'm just naming some things. Most of us don't feel a fulfilling factor with responsibility. It's like if you love to play the keyboard and I could just sit in the living room and play the piano all day. But there's going to come a time you're going to need to pay bills and to establish a family and to establish some things that will produce income. Now you can play the keyboard and do that. And so a lot of the disciplines and the structures that come with having fun or enjoying playing the keyboards won't feel so fulfilling because now you have to think of marketing, you have to think of copyrights, you have to think of licensing, you have to think of royalties, you have to think of writing the music, you have to think of performing, you have to think of marketing. All of the workability and the responsibility that goes along with what you once had fun with takes the fun out of the fun because you because now you must be responsible. And there is not a lot of fulfillment in responsibility, but there is a lot of feeling and fulfillingness in playing in things that are off record and things that don't require much serious thought. 
Well, when we begin to look at thought and life, we begin to lose the fun and the fulfillingness of things. And so we struggle with it because we haven't found the fun or our senses haven't determined the fun in responsibility and planning and power and structure. As a matter of fact, responsibility is what makes us quit certain things because we have to have a serious thought about it. And we begin to perceive serious thinking or adulting or maturity as a negative. So our entire core makeup is made up of non-confrontational living, non-confrontational conversation. Can I just live in my life, please? And that's what most of us find pleasure in, living our life controlling everything everything changing because we said it and the capacity to respond maturely and executively and authoritatively to things is not fun so most of us don't find God or ways or excellence as fulfillment and so it's hard to break pleasures Uh, destructive habits without finding a greater pleasure in something else. I said this years ago, all of us have experienced some sort of trauma. And in order to be free from trauma, you must experience a greater trauma that was greater than the force of the issue that knocked you down. You need to experience an utopia, a a greatness, a significance, a love that transcends the pain you had in order to deliver you from the pain. And most of us have yet to understand or identify a love or a power that's greater than the pain. Now, we can say it's Jesus and we could say it's God. But you're merely going to be talking until the soul itself experiences a healing or a love or power that supersedes the pain of unbelief. And until then, we're going to be struggling back and forth with doing what we're supposed to do over what we feel to do and what we feel in our hearts to be and do. Have you discovered a love a commitment, a power that's greater than the fear you have. Because I can say Jesus is the answer because he's mine, but he may not be yours. I can't make you reach for something that's not there for you. Faith is not just reaching up in nothing. But have you bought into your own purchase of a joy that you found. And has this joy you found, has it superseded your greatest pain and weakness? Because you can't overcome until you have something great to come over. You can't overcome with nothing. So you are the one held responsible and accountable seeing that. See, the thing that healed me was a greater joy that was greater than the shame I was experiencing. I I couldn't go and just speak for God without first being healed by God's responsibilities 
Whatever it is that heals you is what you're going to minister from. You can't talk from an unhealed place. But your greatest healing will become your greatest ministry. It'll become your greatest language. Whatever heals you over what's destroyed you. And you can work it out in your head. But the same force that knocked it down, there has to be a greater force that picks you up. Are you catching what I'm saying? What is your life like to you? I can't force it, but you're going to have to realize it yourself. No one can tell you that your life is bad if you like it. I'm Andrea.